And what we're going to do, let me read a verse from Romans chapter 1, verse 16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Familiar verse, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. That's preaching the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. And, and it says that it is, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And it is the righteousness of God is revealed. In, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So we start out with faith and that we believe the gospel, but then we grow into greater faith, right? And ultimately, we end up living continually. Our life is, is described as a life of faith. Uh, the just shall live by faith. That means every step we take, every breath we breathe, it's, it's, a, it's all operating in this idea of faith. And so what we want to do, we being the leadership of the church, what God's put, my heart, put on my heart to do, <clears throat> is to give you a challenge, a faith-building challenge. All right? <clears throat> Are you ready for a faith-building challenge? Do you see that rock wall? Yeah, that's a nice rock wall. <laughs> It has nothing to do with the climbing wall. <laughs> a faith challenge that we can uh, believe and see what God can do when we, when we give a little to see how he can, he can multiply it. Um, and so before I read the next uh, uh, scripture, uh, this, this faith-building activity that I and I'm going to ask a few other people to come up and help explain it to you. Um, it's a faith-building activity. It is a fundraiser. All right, But the goal of the fundraiser is primarily to increase our combined faith. Okay, does that make sense? So we're going to do a very special, kind of unique, we're going to explain it all out. The goal is to raise money, yes, but mainly it's an activity that's designed to help us increase our faith. Now the goal of the bless a neighbor, bless a nation was to raise $36,000, the bless our neighbors, and to build those pastors training center. That's great. Uh, the goal of this next initiative, this next thing that we're going to uh, start tonight and then um, go take the summer to see how it unfolds, is to see how much return, financial re return, we can receive when we trust God with a, fine, a faith investment. All right? And the verse, familiar of a story, I'm just going to read through it quickly. Um, it's rather long. It's 15 whole verses. Can you hold on that long? All right, uh, the, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a man who traveled to a far country who called his own servants uh, and delivered his goods to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, uh, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went out and traded them and made another five talents. So he bought and sold. He traded. He's like, he, he spent this, he bought something and sold uh, he increased uh, his, another five talents, doubled it. Likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. 
So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I've gained five uh, more talents besides them. And his Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Uh, he also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more besides them. And his Lord said to him, well done. Uh, good and faithful servant, you have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then the one who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you had not scattered seed. And I was afraid, underline, bold, cap, circle, afraid, and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here you have what is yours. But the Lord answered and said, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, and I gather where I have not scattered seed. You have ought to have at least deposited the money with the bankers, and, and at my coming I would have received my, uh, back my own with interest. By the way, that won't work today because banks don't pay interest unless you have tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> so take the talent from him. And give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. The, the goal is growth. The goal is abundance. And actually the goal, the, the, this, this ruler wanted his servants to enter into joy. All right? But this man, out of fear, hid what was given to him. So from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Um, uh, and so... Uh, God is shown as a God who gives according to each person's ability, and we're responsible to invest what we have uh, according to our ability and with freedom, understanding that uh, our God is someone who's able to bring a return. This is a faith exercise. Um, uh, the, 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 the story uh, is very clear that the intention was that the, the ruler wanted his servants to multiply. Uh, what he put into their care, right? He wanted them to go out and take risks. He wanted them to, to learn how to manage his resources in a way that brought multiplication. Um, and those who did so found a reward. But the one who was afraid and buried it uh, had even what he was given taken away. One other scripture, and then uh, we'll explain what we're actually going to do. Uh, this is from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Um, Paul's writing to the church in Corinth says, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. And this is the verse, verse 10. For God is the one who provides seed to the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, in the same way he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. And so this principle of seed time and harvest, that's, how, that's what they call it, uh, seed time and harvest, and I, I didn't pull up the Google uh, thing and search, you know, how many seeds do you get out of a single grain? 
Uh, how many, you know, if you have an apple, you open it up, and there's, I think, eight seeds in an apple, I don't know, five seeds, eight seeds, something like that. Each one of those seeds, what's the co- capacity of that seed? A tree. How many, how many apples can that one seed produce? Endless. Because every one of the, if that tree grows and produces apples, every one of those apples can produce another tree that grows and produces apples, all right? And so, and everything we have, every plant on earth starts with a seed that grows and that plant multiplies seeds and in that seed is the potential of really unlimited multiplication. And why did God put us in a planet, a planetary system, ecosystem, where like, everything functions that way? If it wasn't to teach us something about his character, about his nature. I believe that multiplication uh, is hardwired into uh, creation because it's, it's, it's part of the nature and character of God. Right? And, and he wants us as a church to multiply, to reach the lost by growing our congregations, but also by starting other congregations and starting other missions. So we're not going to take an offering tonight. We're going to give an offering. Right? We're going to see how much money we can raise for the next step because things do need to change and we want to... Um, have the resources necessary to implement change at all three campuses uh, in Michigan and continue our outward growth of supporting other churches. <clears throat> but we're going we're gonna to take a, a faith exercise to see how much we can raise by sowing $5,000 today to you. All right? And so what we're going to do is give you each <clears throat> a package of seeds. An actual package of seeds. This happens to be asparagus seeds. So the, whoever gets this, we'll have to plant them quick because they're one of the first things that come up, right? Farmers? Yeah. <laughs> Israel goes, I don't know. <laughs> they, they come up early. Uh, there's different types of seeds, but that's just an image to remind you of the idea that uh, in this envelope, on the back of it, is some financial seeds. So there's Envelopes with $10, there's envelopes with $20, and there's envelopes with $40, all right? And so we're going to give each, everyone here in the room today, a package of seed, money, (laughs) all right? And then we're going to encourage you to prayerfully consider how you can sow this money in a way that will bring about a kingdom return, all right? And you'll have between now and we're going to have another combined service that'll actually be a Sunday morning service. We won't have Sunday service on August 27th. We will have a combined service here and that we're going to hear testimonies of how God multiplied what you invested. And there's lots of different ways. Why don't uh, could uh, my friend Mark Cheever and uh, did Peg make it? Okay, Peg, come on up. Or she, Mark will introduce. So it was about a year ago that I was talking with Mark uh, some of you know Mark. If you came, if you're one of the leaders, he's come to our, our last two leadership. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's been to all three of our campuses. He uh, uh, he uh, has a tremendous history of uh, church leadership, both in the uh, church as well as in the parachurch. He's part of Youth for Christ, still is. Yeah, uh, both on a local level and eventually to a national level. And then uh, I was talking with Mark about some ideas. 
Uh, and this was one of the ideas. And Mark and I are familiar with this idea. We've heard about it for years. Some of you in this room have never heard about a church giving away money before. Um, <clears throat> I'd heard about it many years, but I, I'd always kind of felt like, no, it's not the right time. But when Mark suggested that we do this as a way to build unity and cohesion within the three campuses, something in me said yes. Within a week after that, less than a week, I actually, actually, I think the day after I had the meeting, I drove to Toronto, and a man came up to me in one of the meetings that I hadn't seen for, I think it had been like three years, and that was during the time we were raising money to purchase, uh, I think, the Vine building. I can't even remember. It was a previous fundraiser. And he was all excited about what we were doing, and he pledged, sorry, he pledged $1,000 to the fundraiser. And then I never heard from him. And I, I, sent a, you know, I couldn't get his contact. And uh, he came into the meeting, and he walked up to me, and he says, I'm so sorry. Uh, I couldn't find your contact information. I tried multiple times. And he says, finally, I, I, I can't let this rest any longer. He handed me a wad of money. It was $1,000 cash, right? <clears throat> this was like two or three days after I'd had this conversation with Mark. And I, I took it, I put the money in my pocket, and I was just blessing this man for his faithfulness. And I heard God say, this is the beginning of the seed money. And so there was a, there was a confirmation from the Spirit that God wanted us to do this. So part of the money that we're sowing is that $1,000 I put in the safe and in the bank, and we've held it. Um, and then another part, <clears throat> I, I don't want to forget this testimony, um, is they took an offering at that pastor's school and uh, they, uh, from all the different churches, put in an offering uh, for us. And, you know, we weren't supposed to receive an offering, but they really wanted to bless. And they, they re so appreciated the money that we've sent them to purchase that, that training center. Um, but one of the pastors, him and his wife, they only had 50 pesos. And that's all the money they had for the rest of the week for food. All right. All right. So 50 pesos equals about $2. Uh -huh. and, uh, but for that, that was enough to get through the week for them and their family. And they, they both felt they, they were supposed to put it in the offering. And so they knew that they would have no food for their family for, for the rest of the week. They put the money in the offering. Shortly after, the same night <clears throat> before the service ended, one of the people on our team, <clears throat> I didn't know about it until afterwards, came up and slipped a $50 U.S. dollar bill to this pastor because God had put it on their heart to give it that's a thousand fold increase yeah and they were just un they were they were pretty blessed <laughs> they sold what little they had and instantly God confirmed it and so that money that they they uh, gave us all of the pesos that they gave us is is also part of this seed money so Mark has a few other stories that he has from his experience about this, and he's going to clear it all up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but uh, we've known each other almost 20 years yeah. and uh, worked on some big projects. Big uh, no, God's a big deal, but... Uh, God's a bigger deal, but you're a pretty big deal. But we had, we've, we've got history, let's put it that way, and it's been a, uh, an honor to come alongside um, your churches and uh, in the background with Cam and just 
Cameron. I, I, call, I, I call him Cam and say, you call him Cam? I've never heard him call But anyway. There's um, only two people that call There's not very many people that Cam. call him yeah. So, so but, you're very special. I allow you to do that. <laughs> um, but almost 20 years ago, I was part of a church that did, was part of this kind of project and sowed money. And it was a larger congregation, so it was a larger amount of money that had to be sown. But still, it was the same kind of, and I would call it a faith raiser instead of a fundraiser because it stretched my faith. When I got that $5 bill, it was almost paralyzing. We had taken and put an ink stamp on them, so it was different than every other well, I didn't have a lot of five other, other $5 bills in my wallet, but, but I carried it around for almost six weeks. It's like, what am I going to do with $5? You know, and the challenge was take it and multiply. You know, Ephesians 3.20, exceeding abundantly beyond all that I could ask or think, whether it was into a friend who needed to know the gospel and maybe by me getting a book or a CD or taking them out to lunch or sharing with somebody in downtown Kalamazoo that needed a bus ticket. And I was going to sew it somehow. And the challenge indeed was to bring more back into the storehouse. And what would God do with stretching my faith? Well, I'd always taught my kids to be part of this as well, you know, so... Back then, I had a 16-year-old, a 12-year-old, and an 8-year-old. And ever since they were small, they had butter dishes. And if they got a dollar allowance, they usually got it in dimes. And one dime went into their tithing butter dish, and another dime went into their savings butter dish. And then the, 80, the 8 dimes, you know, was for something that they were saving for. And so we decided as a family to trust them with this kind of project as well. And so for you, maybe that, you know, you have to decide. But uh, my daughters, uh, two of them pooled their money, bought lemonade and stuff to make cookies and lined up like four or five bake uh, uh, garage sales to sell uh, lemonade and cookies and had about a six-fold return on the $6, that one got a $5 bill, one got a $1 bill, and they put it together, and they had like $37.50 to bring back to this service. You don't think that stretched my daughter's face? Man, it was even, it was humbling to me, because they had a plan. So I'm still carrying around my $5 bill, you know, and, uh, and I was in a Bible study with four or five other men, well, one of them was gifted financially. He spent time looking at the stock market. I didn't do that kind of stuff. And he said, and it took him a while to speak up, but he said, I'd like to suggest we pool our money and let me take invest it. Well, he was able to bring back quite a return on, I don't know, I think we had... $54 or something like that between us and the return for each of us as stewards and the joy of coming back to that service was unbelievable and that's why I'm so excited about this faith stretching exercise for each of you God's going to challenge you you may paralyze you for a while 
I'm warning you, okay? Because it feels like holy. Now, why is it different than anything else we receive from the hand of the Father, right? But it feels different. There's almost a sacred trust, like, you know, and, and he's not going to go through, say, you're worthy of five talents and you're only worthy, you know, that's not what we're doing today. But whatever you receive, this is coming directly from the Father's hand saying, I'm trusting you to be a steward. Wow, what a faith raiser this is going to be for all of us. And I can't wait to come back in August. I'll be here, I'll be around before then, believe me. But, but I can't wait to see the joy that's going to happen in the stories that God is going to bring from you and what he's going to teach you through it. And I have a sister with me today that has one, another one of those stories. Peg and I attended the same church, and so she sat in the same uh, service that I did and received uh, funds, I think it was five, ten. So you see, God loved her more than me. No, I'm just <laughs> And so my friend Peg Troop is, uh, we've had the privilege of serving together in Youth for Christ for a number of years, and we've... Um, We've known each other a long time. We were on Western's campus around the same time, even though, you know, we weren't in the same classes. And God used her faith story in a, in a pretty incredible way that I thought would be a real encouragement to you. So I set my timer. <laughs> Well, I want to I want to thank you for having me here today, but this is no good anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. Just tell the story. Um, you're right. I didn't know what kind of a church I was coming into tonight. This happens. And I told her it was totally okay that it no, happened, it. didn't I? This, that's our this kind is our church. <laughs> In 17 years, I've been asked to speak seven or eight times. And I never know what I'm going into. Yeah. And so I'm careful to write about what's behind this. That this doesn't work if you don't have his spirit in you. Yeah. But you guys are full of it. <laughs> <laughs> Most churches are in the United States spiritually dry yeah. because they don't know where the bridge is, the bridge to the living water. So I'm here to tell you about what I did with my $10. And uh, I want you to know that my husband, Mark, is with me 35 years. Yay! Still putting up with me. So my name is Peg Troop, and I've been married 35 years, and we have four children, and they go from 33 to 18. And... 18 years ago, I got $10. And I'm good at two things, procrastination and eating chocolate. <laughs> I love chocolate. So what am I good at first? Procrastination. I put my $10 bill on the refrigerator, and it stayed there till May. And in May, I, got a, uh, I found a really great sale on some wonderful chocolate. That's a little bit of a redundant statement because chocolate is wonderful. Um, so I bought some. 
and I brought it home, and I had a fantastic recipe for caramel corn, which I'm not a fan of, but my husband likes. So I put the chocolate on the caramel corn. I put it in four coffee cans, and I took it up to the local high school, and I told them, listen, I got to double my money, five bucks a piece. I sold it. I had 20 bucks. That's pretty good. So they liked it. I kept doing it. And um, in November, which was the day of reckoning, I went back to church, and I had $800. Wow. Well, that sounds like a lot of money, doesn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. Out of 70, yeah, God wasn't, out of $7,500 that they gave out that day, they took in over 100000 Wow. Uh, $7,500? Yeah. $100, now, that wasn't all, because there happened to be a guest in the congregation who was so impressed with the step of faith that the church had taken that he told the pastor, whatever you get, I'll double. Boom. Pastor said, well, we don't know what that's going to be. He says, God knows. So they took in over $200,000. Wow. So summer, late summer, August-ish, uh, of my prior to the day of reckoning, I was cooking, and Mark says, I know what you're going to do. You're going to start a business. I said, oh, really? Hadn't thought about that one, but well, I'll give it, a, give it a try. So I started planning and praying and preparing. And um, on the day of reckoning, pastor asked me to come up and talk about what I did. And I said, well, this is what I did, and now I'm going to start a business. I'm going to call it Taste of Heaven because we're not going to sell anything without a verse of Scripture on it. And then you can give a gift, and you can share the gospel in a non-threatening way. And so that's what I did. For two years, it worked out of the church kitchen, and then it got too small and too busy, and I got overwhelmed, and I said, Lord, if you want me to keep going, you're going to have to bring me a building, and you're going to have to bring me some help, or I'm stopping right now. Well, be careful what you pray for. <laughs> so um, somebody came up to me and said, hey, Gospel Mission has a building. And so I went down and I talked to him and um, decided that that might be the route. But just prior to that, you were talking about faith and how you've got to really, you know, God gives us faith. Faith is acting like it is so when it isn't so, that it may be so because God said so. Okay? So I had been praying for this building and I'd been praying for the Lord's leading prior to finding out about the building, and this woman came to me from out of nowhere, and she said, I love your product. I'm an entrepreneur, and I want to sell your product, and I, and I want to sell it for you and make you a lot of money. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> so she took some of my product and was gone for a couple weeks, and everybody was saying, oh, yeah, yeah, you got to do this. You got to do this. And I said, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. I told her in the beginning, everything has a verse of scripture on it. This is the way that it's going to be. So she comes back in two weeks, and she says, well, everybody loves the product, but they'd like something a little more generic on it. And I said, like what? The oneness of the universe is what be lies between Eunice and meanness? I said, it's, it's not going to work. So we parted company. Do you know that the next week I found out my mother had terminal cancer and had three months to live? Had I started with her, I would have had to take out loans, I would have had to pay employees, and I would not have had three months with my mother. But I waited, because God told me to wait. And then in um, 
in March of 2002, the Lord opened up the gospel mission. And I was able to work under their nonprofit. I did retain the rights to the ownership of the name and the business, but my deal with them was I'll make the money, I'll make the product, you pay me a wage, and you get all the money. And they said, that sounds good. <laughs> so I worked out of their building, and I worked with their employees, uh, or rather their, their residents uh, of the homeless shelter. And it was a work training site, and we did really, really well. In fact, we kept running out of product at Christmas time. So the only way to remedy that was to get better and bigger equipment, which meant more of, a, more of an investment. I had raised $35,000 to start the business, but I needed more, more money to invest. And at that time, they decided it was time to part ways. So enter Mark Jevert, who we had been friends for many years and he was the executive director at Kalamazoo Youth for Christ. And he said, you know, I've been praying for many years about the perfect Girl Scout cookie fundraiser for Youth for Christ. And I said, well, I've been praying for quite a few years about the perfect ministry that would understand the concept of business for ministry. So I went before their board and talked with them, and they decided it was a great idea. And it was truly a match made in heaven pun intended. <laughs> so I, came, I gave Taste of Heaven to Kalamazoo Youth for Christ. I did not sell it. Everybody asked me why. Well, it wasn't my $10. Come on. You can't sell what you don't own. Come on. It was God's business. I was just a caretaker. But they did have to keep me employed as a manager because <laughs> I was the only one that knew how to make the stuff. <laughs> so since uh, summer of 2005, we have been owned by Kalamazoo Youth for Christ. And we have net them over half a million dollars. Wow. God has done great things. We have um, worked with hundreds of students doing community service through the court system. Every year we work with many of them, and we have the opportunity to share the gospel with them. Um, we don't always do it. Sometimes it's Christmas season, and there's not enough time to even go to the bathroom. So, um, but we, we are free to do that. They are at our disposal. We, we work with them, they get their hours done, and many of them come back and talk to us, and that's always a, a wonderful thing. Um, I just wanna let you know that it's going back to the talents. What did it take to increase the Lord's investment? Not a super brain, not an overly gifted person, not a well-bred individual with a lot of family money or connections. It took a willing heart, an invaluable spirit. God's not looking for what you can do for him. He's looking for what you let him do with you. Come on. Amen. Amen. Yeah, give her a hand. Wow. A half a million. In addition to that, all of the changed lives. All of the changed lives in addition to the money that was raised. And it all started with $10. And the vision is really changed lives. And this is, again, a faith builder that we're going to give you money, that you're going to have the, over the course of the summer 
to invest, to sell. Now, God may put on your heart, give it away, like Mark said. Give it to that person. Then, well, how can I get a return from that? Well, if you get given an unexpected amount of money, there's your harvest, all right? Uh, you know, give away the $20 and you get a check in the mail, settlement, uh, insurance settlement you didn't know was coming or whatever, and it's, and it's $200. Wow, that's tenfold right there. Boom. And then prayerfully say, okay, am I done or do I reinvest? <clears throat> because we have time and it can build and it can grow. And you don't be, don't be afraid. The only thing to fear is don't bury it. And how we could bury it, I don't expect any of us to dig a hole in the dirt. But if you forget about it, you know, don't think about it. If you bury it time-wise, you bury it because out of fear. Just don't act out of fear. Act out of faith and trust God. And let's see what God can do with $5,000.